grace and peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you visiting with us today. We're so glad that you're here with us. And you will find on the end of each pew a friendship pad. It's a black folder. We'd love to have you fill it out and pass it down the row so we know who's here with us today. There are the announcements of the life of the church that you will find inside of your bulletin. This is the week that choir starts again. They have had July and August off. And it is a group that is open for you to join, and you do not have to audition, which is how they let me in, because you don't have to audition. So it starts this Thursday night at 7.15. If you want more information, you can talk to the flute lady, who is actually Linda White, our choral director, but she's being the flute lady today. So uh, check it out with her, or just show up. It's great fun, and it's really good for your brain, I figured out, finally. Also, we're starting a new group called Healthy Lifestyles. It is a group to encourage us to live uh, more healthfully about diet, exercise, and whatever else. And it's going to be led by Rafi Yates, who has just retired from 
almost 30 years of leading Weight Watchers. So it's not a Weight Watchers group, but it's going to have some of that same encouragement that's a part of it. And I'm going to show up for that. The information meeting about that is next Sunday. If you're thinking you'd like some input about what's included in that, go and give input on that day a week from today. Also, a week from tomorrow, the deacons invite you to come and join them as they learn about elder abuse, how to spot it, and how to avoid it for yourself and also for people that you love. We will be in Tankersley Hall for that program about elder abuse. And the Third Friday group invites you to join them later this month for, uh, to hear Rob Verdi and saxophobia. He has a great collection of saxophones and he plays them wonderfully and it's just lots of fun. Things you've never seen from saxophones that are this big to gigantic ones. And he's a wonderful musician and entertainer. He's the founder of Side Street Strutters at Disneyland and still plays at Disney. Uh, if you are interested in the book that the book group is reading, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. That is out on the patio, available today. It is a hilarious book, and also you learn a lot about South Africa and how it was growing up for him under apartheid and right after apartheid as a mixed-race child. Uh, there's also information here about a way that you can text now to give to the church. How about that? Are we getting cool or what? So you can figure out how to do that by reading inside here. And also how we can uh, defray the mortgage that we will soon have on the property that we are buying by giving before the mortgage starts so that then the, the loan is for less money and that will be helpful all around for the church. So you can read that information and see if that's something that you are able to help with. There's also a gold sheet inside of your bulletin, and some of you have been looking for this piece of paper for a whole year because you have been telling me for a whole, at least a year that you know somebody you want to nominate to be on the pastor nominating committee or you yourself want to be on it. This is the place that you register that. So uh, you, you need to ask the person first if they're willing to serve. We're not going to check that out for you. Ask them first, fill this out, and turn it into the office. We're not collecting them today because we want to give you time to think and pray about it. This is, a, this is not a, ooh, who can I think of? It's more of a, who is God putting on my heart that it is somebody that he might want to serve the church in this way? You can see the requirements. It is a bunch of work. I've helped other churches with this. It is once a week for maybe a year. It is a ton of work. So it's not, it's not a lightly done thing, but... Uh, you can suggest people turn it into the office or mail it into the office. We're not turning them in today yet. Uh, also, today the flowers are celebrating a, an anniversary. Jack and Judy Bell are celebrating their 53rd anniversary, so we congratulate them. And if you're a flower person after the service, you've got to come up close. It, these are really, really cool flowers. That thing that looks prickly isn't prickly. You need to come up and touch it and see what it's like. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, God of grace, you have given us minds to know you and hearts to love you and voices to sing your praise. So fill us with your spirit that we might celebrate your love and worship you this morning. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Will you join me in the call to worship that you'll find printed on the front of your bulletin? Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the Lord of life. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. 
O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let's stand and praise God together. Come, now is the time. Let's sing together.
We come to the Lord just as we are, and the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So trusting in God's steadfast love, let us make our confession to God. Lord, you call us to be your voice in this world, to be your hands in this world, to be your feet in this world, to proclaim your peace, your comfort, forgiveness, love, and grace. You call us, but we turn and listen to the voices of this world. You call us, but we turn and follow our own ways. You call us, but we ignore your whisper. Lord, have mercy. And hear the silent confessions of our hearts as we bring them to you now. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God seeks those who feel left out or unseen, extending the invitation again and again. God welcomes us with open arms. Friends, trust the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Ancient words ever true. We have come with open hearts this morning. Oh, let the ancient words impart.
changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words Ancient words for an ancient people. Are you feeling ancient this morning? Deeply rooted, further back than we can possibly imagine. Today is a transition day. We literally are leaving the Gospel of Luke and moving on to the Old Testament book of Exodus. And we are moving toward Exodus because Exodus is a book about change. It's a book about a whole group of people who go through a big change. This church is a whole group of people going through a big change. We want to talk about leadership and what the leadership for the future might look like. But today we have a transition passage that literally takes us from the experience of Jesus into the ancient words about the Sabbath. Because we often neglect the foundations and purpose of the Sabbath. Even Seventh-day people neglect the primary purpose of the Sabbath. And that's why Jesus came to help us reclaim and revisit the original intent of what God wanted to have happen in Sabbath space. So I invite you to listen to Luke chapter 14, a few verses, and then to that primal expression of Sabbath space from Exodus 20 and the Ten Commandments. In Luke 14, Jesus is at another party. In case you didn't know, Jesus was a party animal. He loved parties. He went to probably dozens of parties. He was known so much as a party person that people accused him of being a drunkard and hanging out with drunks. Much different view of Jesus than we often attribute today. And the reason was because original the Jesus who started at parties did what with water? Turned it into wine. That should have been a signal to all of us what his intent was. The true nature of Jesus is to go to parties. On one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When Jesus noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. How embarrassing is that? But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place. 
so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then to get to the primal meaning of the nature of Sabbath, we go to the Old Testament, remember the context, then God spoke all these words to the people of Israel, I am the Lord you God, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. It's a very important passage for Labor Day weekend, okay? You, your son, and your daughter, your male or your female slaves, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns, no work. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. These are the words, the ancient words of our Lord and God. Let's pray. And so we present these words back to you, gracious God, that we might receive them and practice them in the way that honors who you are and who Jesus knew you to be. Amen. There are many great scenes in books and movies about wedding days, about great parties. One of the most eerie and off-putting scenes is the opening to Godfather. A huge wedding. Probably hundreds if not thousands of people invited to the wedding. On the side of the sea or the lake of Tahoe. But what we get from the very beginning is the invitation is to a narrow group of people who will do what the Godfather wants them to do. The Pharisees invited people to the party that would do what they hoped would benefit them. One of the th Jesus' teachings here is that we tend to invite people to our parties that we hope will reciprocate so they will invite us to their parties. It's a normal human pattern. But Jesus is countercultural because he understood God to counter the culture. God wants to do something different with party attendance. And the Sabbath describes it according to Jesus. Now the Pharisees understood the Sabbath to be this high-controlled environment. If you want to enjoy the Sabbath, you must do it our way. It's a little bit like some Presbyterians. If you want to come to church, you better worship our way. Or Baptists. Or Episcopalians. Come to church and do it our way. 
And don't make us uncomfortable with some different ways of behaving. I was glad to see that the general seating of this morning is up toward the front. If you go to some churches, people tend to sit in the back. Always thought that was kind of strange. But this church sits in the front. Jesus wants to be able to invite people, his kind of people, that's anybody who's human, to come and be an honored guest at the party. Jesus wants to help us see that the kingdom of God value system is different than the typical value system that drives our party environment. If you have been paying any attention to the U.S. Open, you've noticed in this tennis series of matches that a young woman, a 15-year-old by the name of Coco Goff, has been doing quite well. Any. And Coco uh, won her first two matches, and she was in the middle of her third match, and she lost. She lost to Naomi Osaka. And the pattern typically of the culture of U.S. Open tennis is the loser goes out the back door invisibly, and the winner stays and holds a press conference right on the court. But people were amazed yesterday because it didn't work out that way. Osaka invited this 15-year-old young woman to come over and join her in the press party. And people were taken aback. Wow. That's unusual. That's special. We don't usually celebrate losers like that. That's not the American way. Winners gain the attention and losers disappear into the woodwork. The crowd was captivated by that, amazed, in some ways frozen, like, whoa, we've not seen anything like this before. Well, that's how the Pharisees felt about Jesus most times. I think one of the reasons they invited him to the parties was not just to watch him, but to say, what kind of crazy thing is this guy going to do today? Jesus did not fit the typical cultural patterns. And he's trying to get us to recognize that Sabbath is not what we think it is. It's not what Pharisees make out of it. Osaka said when he, she was at the end of the match and they were coming up together over the net to shake hands, I saw Coco tearing up. I remembered how young she was. I thought about what I wanted her to feel in leaving the court. I wanted her to have her head held high, not walk off the court. I wanted her to feel and be aware that she had accomplished so much. Wow. The winner wanted to celebrate the loser. A spontaneous act of kindness. That's how Jesus behaved at parties. He looked for the losers and he tried to lift them up and help them experience the best life had to offer because the typical pattern was they weren't even at the party and if they snuck in the back door they were kicked out quickly. 
Sabbath reminds us that Israel came out of slavery and bondage where there had to be conformity because the house of Pharaoh demanded that slaves do things a certain way. If you are in an oppressive situation, somebody is trying to control your life and tell you how you need to behave. Bottom line, Jesus created parties to free you up and to tell you that you don't have to be controlled anymore. Now, that doesn't mean you're out of control. It just means you have the freedom to serve God in the way that God has created you to serve. Exodus is all about the movement from a high-control environment into an environment that celebrates and lifts people up. And sometimes we in the church simply replace one high-control environment with another. You've been in an abusive home, welcome to the Presbyterian Church. We're going to control your life so that you don't feel neglected. Not a good thing. So the church is not a place to add new controls to people's lives. It's a place for parties. Now I know that's probably shaking up some images here. Well, we come to church on the Sabbath to worship God because we're supposed to set aside the time and sit in pews and be orderly and face front and listen to the preacher, right? Jesus doesn't say anything and God doesn't say anything about the Sabbath being a space for all of that. That's what we make the Sabbath to be. I know I'm starting to make some people nervous. I mean, make myself nervous. The Sabbath is the space where people are to be freed up to become who God created them to be in all their beauty and wonder, in their specialness, in their uniqueness. And Jesus went to parties to make sure other people were invited to experience that. Much to the embarrassment of the Pharisees. And so the Sabbath is literally the embodiment of the space to help us move out of Egypt in this high-control environment into the promised land where we become the promised people. And as one author said, and it will resonate in history, it was a lot easier getting Israel out of Egypt geographically than it was getting Egypt out of Israel emotionally. Think about it. One trip was about two weeks to three months. But how long did it take them to go from Egypt to the promised land? Forty years. So what was that all about? Well, it says pretty clearly later on, they weren't ready to go to the promised land. They weren't ready to do what God needed them to be and do. So guess what? When you get a new pastor, that's like getting out of Egypt and going into the promised land. That's a geographical movement. How long is it going to take to adjust to the new pastor and have the new pastor lead us into a place where we free up from all of our old agendas? Forty years. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the reasons why Jerry stayed over 40 years. <laughs> he knew that Moses' word had to be permeated into the hearts and depths of people. And so the emotional movement 
to get out of our old bad behaviors is not easy. We get so wrapped up in some of those patterns that we try to inflict them back on the church. Well, we don't want the church to be a place of freedom. People might get out of hand. I mean, after all, we're Presbyterians. We're orderly people. We don't want any of those Pentecostals here, like the pastor. We want to be able to have some holds. And Jesus is clear. The church is a place of a party. We want to free people up to become who God created them to be. A common misunderstanding of the Ten Commandments is that they are a set of ten laws that you need to keep come hell or high water or you're going to go to hell. I think God assumes that we're already in hell and that we need some guidance to get out of there. But if you look at the Ten Commandments, they're configured in a very interesting way. Sabbath is number four. There are three commandments about God, and there are six commandments about humanity. What is this fourth middle commandment? It is to create the space where we can really celebrate the fullness of God, and we can really celebrate the fullness of living things, the fullness of human beings. And the message is pretty clear. If we don't keep the Sabbath special, then guess what? We can't keep the first three commandments and we can't keep the last six commandments. And by the way, I'm not talking about going to church on Sunday or going to synagogue on Saturday. I'm talking about creating space where people get off the work, 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 do, 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 in deep do-do and start celebrating the humanity and the beingness of the people around us. That's what Jesus does. He literally takes the person who's poor or broken or has the dropsy or needs a special kind of healing, and he says, you are a valued human being. Welcome to the party. You can be whole. And that's what God wanted to do from ancient times for all people on the Sabbath. You'll notice the list. What is the list? The list is to put those people together that literally want to make it happen. You get young and old. You get male and female. You get slaves and free. You get, as Paul said, Greeks and Gentiles. You get immigrants and citizens. And everyone is treated the same way on the Sabbath. And guess what? The animals are even treated as well as the human beings. That ought to be good for dog lovers, right? Why? God wants some space where we get rid of all the old agendas and we start treating God's living creation with great value and dignity. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. So hear me loud and clear. If you get invited to go to a party on the Sabbath, take the invitation and treat the people you are with with great love, dignity, and grace. 
Because chances are you may be the only human being that's doing that in their life. That's the call of the church. That's what Jesus wants. That's remembering the Sabbath and keeping it special. It's so important in Jesus' life that at one point in the Gospel of of Luke, he's called the Lord of the Sabbath. If you want to know what to do on the Sabbath, look at Jesus. He'll show you. The book of Hebrews says that Jesus is the Sabbath. We don't need a day anymore because if we walk with Jesus, the space of walking with Jesus creates the kind of environment that literally embraces people and embraces God. Back in 1997, there were two people at Stanford who decided that they wanted to create a software concept, a website concept that would invite people to parties. It was called Evite. Anybody here ever use Evite? Have you ever looked up the meaning of the word Evite? You will be taken aback. What do you think the word Evite means? It means to ignore and shun and block. Huh? Oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? They wanted to create something that stopped people from being ignored, shunned, and uninvited. They wanted everyone to have an opportunity to go to parties. Evite literally is the opposing term to what the nature of the site is trying to do. It's an oxymoron. You want to evite somebody? Don't ever talk to them again. Don't invite them to your party. That's a true evite. No, but Jesus came to do an evite. He came to turn that attitude upside down and all the way around. Rather than shun or block or uninvite, Jesus came to include and embrace. You can't go to parties because you've got some problem. You're coming to my party. And that's what Evite, as the website, wants to do. Now, one of the two founders of Evite, she has a very interesting name, Selena Tobacawala. That's in Tobacco. Walla, an Indian woman, Stanford graduate, and one of her goals in life was to, because she has experienced as an Indian woman, as a woman in general in business, this whole sense of being blocked out and shunned, which, by the way, is pretty dramatic in San Jose and the kinds of high-tech environments. It's very male-driven. She said, I don't want to do that. So she has become successful because she has discovered men in the environment there who treat her well with dignity and full authority as a human being. And one of those men that mentored her was named David Goldberg, who became famous, married to another woman who wrote the book Lean In. And he died at the age of 47. And everybody mourned him because Dave Goldberg treated every human being, young and old, from any country, very well. 
And that's the kind of culture he wanted to develop in an ironic way at a group called SurveyMonkey. Isn't that a bit of an irony too? Don't you see the interesting ironies of these tech terms? Evite, SurveyMonkey. It's like they're trying to turn the world on its head and humanize those things that are not human. So rather than take a bunch of other time, let me say that that is the acting out of what Jesus really is wanting to get us to do. For people that are left out and shut out and shunned and blocked, people who are losers, people who are broken, who don't get invited to parties because they just don't fit in, Jesus comes along and says, you're coming to my party. And that's the nature of the Sabbath. So as we go out, let us be true Sabbatarians today. It's not about the seventh day. It's about making space to make sure everybody gets invited to the kingdom and is treated with great dignity and honor, even if they're losers. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, help us to become these kinds of people that Jesus modeled and embodied people who love the party and want everybody to be there. Help us to practice this in our church. That others might come when they feel left out in other places. So we ask for your help through Christ. Amen. Gracious God, how thankful we are that you seek us out again and again, that you call us by name, and that you set before us your very own table of abundance and joy. And so we pray today for those who are not experiencing abundance, for the hungry and those who feed them, for the ill and those who tend them, for the left out, those who befriend them, for the grieving, and those who assure them, for the frightened, and those who encourage them, for, for the oppressed, and those who empower them, for those in the path of Hurricane Dorian, and those who shelter them, we pray that your life-giving spirit may so change our hearts that the barriers which divide us may crumble, that suspicions may disappear, and hatred cease, and that with our divisions healed, we might live in your justice and peace. And so it is with eager expectation that we pray as you have taught us for the great day when your kingdom comes in its fullness, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith together in the words that you will find from Philippians 2 printed in your bulletin. Let the same mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Please be seated. So when we give, I want us to understand the irony of Evite. Some of us give because we really want to quietly block others' activities from happening. I'll give if you do things my way. That's the old Evite, which is kind of like a Levite, I think. But the newly Evite is I'm giving so that everybody can come to the party. Lord, help us to give that way. Amen.
send us out to the parties and help us bring all the people that you've invited the ones that sometimes get left out we want to put your word into action and so we commit ourselves to do so we commit our funds and our energy and our time to do so in the pattern of Jesus and in the way of Sabbath Amen. As the service ends, if you would like someone to pray for you or with you, there's some prayer folks who will be right over here and they would love to do that. So I encourage you to go to parties. I encourage you to have some parties and invite people who don't get, normally get invited. I encourage you to walk in the way of Jesus and in the outlandish Old Testament patterns of including everybody in the Sabbath. For that's the clear sign that Jesus is present, counter to the culture. May you go in the grace, mercy, and love of God that we see in Jesus. Amen.